So I guess we can just get started. Uh, it's a short workshop anyway. Too. I think it's only 45 minutes that we get. Um, if anyone else comes, they can jump in. Um, but yeah, uh, just a brief introduction to, I guess, uh, I'm, my name is Joel, and I'm from the uh, uh, Costa Mesa, um, the, like Orange County area, kind of born and raised. Uh, grew, grew up at uh, like Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, uh, down there. Uh, and then I've been playing bass for uh, about nine years now, and then uh, been playing guitar uh, about 14 years, and then uh, play a little bit of piano as well. Uh, but bass has become a sort of main instrument in the last number of years, and for um, for a lot of folks, I don't know if it's any of your guys' case. I ch I try to make this also like um, fairly interactive, so, so I I kind of plan out stuff to talk about. But if any of you guys have questions or things um, that maybe I haven't touched on nearing the end, or even if it, at any point like during this time too. Uh, feel free to ask questions. I feel like a lot of times that uh, even if it takes us in a completely different direction uh, it's, it'll probably be more helpful for you guys if I can answer some more like specific questions to you and then uh, just so you guys are actually you know learning something that you, you came here to learn too. Um, and then uh, if I ask questions too you know feel free to, <laughs> to answer and everything too. Uh, I know it's being recorded, but you know, they can edit that out. <laughs> um, you know, it always makes me more nervous to put the, hit the record button. Um, but yeah, I've been playing for a while and then uh, normally as it usually starts with, with bass players, it seems like there's like one bass player to every 10 guitarists around. So, um, that's sort of how, sort of how I started playing, um, and you know, just came, um, started playing bass. Um, I was about sixteen, and some folks gave me my first bass guitar to the, um, help out with leading worship at a small church um, down the road, and uh, yeah, I'd never. Uh, learned anything about bass like up until that point yeah uh, I'd never listened to the bass guitar in music <laughs> when listening to music uh, I, I always wanted to be a drummer as a kid and uh, you know, my parents weren't really about that either it's loud and expensive and um, not really much space for it too but, uh, but we had a guitar at home and so they uh, Started starting on lessons too when I was younger, uh, and so that took me a while to even develop an interest in that. And then uh, once I started playing bass, I, I realized that I had no idea, even from all this time, like listening to music uh, in a 
in a particular way where I'm really listening for the guitar or listening to drum beats and everything like that. And so when I started playing bass, I realized I had to go back and listen to you know all this music again and figure out like what um, what are they doing like how are they doing it and it was a number of years of doing um, doing that before I had any kind of like lessons or anything like that and so um, we'll kind of talk talk about some of those things that um, I learned through that time because uh, the, the workshop called like built building building blocks to becoming a better bass player. Yeah, there's, a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of bees in there. And so, uh, hi, how's it going? Do you find that most bass players come with a from guitar background? I, th I think so. If, um, I'd say probably like 75% of the people I talk to that play bass. Um, but for somebody like myself that's never played guitar, do you think you could learn the bass? Or yeah, yeah, I think so. Do you are you a bass player like no, primarily? No, I'm a vocalist. Okay, so, so you, do but you I sing bass, so I'm thinking. Eh, okay, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> read bass bluff. Yeah. So. Oh, that that's starts. That's really helpful. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, you, you're you're probably like pretty far along the road, into with um. As far as once you learn the notes. Yeah, on the fretboard, then you should be able to get okay. make your way around pretty easily. Yeah, I tried guitar uh, and I failed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's tricky. It's hard to. Uh, it took me a. I mean, the first time I like held a guitar before my my parents told me I was going to be taking lessons, and um, I had never I. Had, never wanted to do it and I, I really hated the idea initially um so i think the first time i held a guitar i, I think i just cried because i i didn't know like what to do with it at all like where to put my hands um how to make like uh, music come out of it it was just noise to me initially um and so it took a a few years of like less private lessons with someone before anything like made sense and then started like researching uh, on my own online and stuff too and so most, most people too like when they get started in music I, I don't know if it's the case for any of you guys too if, if you have any like family members that play music or older family members that get you interested or got you interested in music as well and if, in, in my case um no one in my family really plays. Uh, my parents love li listening to music. Um, we always have like music on at the house or in the car, but uh, no one really played music. And so for me, it was uh, I had some teachers, but it felt like their techniques were uh, you know they started me playing guitar by re like reading music too. So I was simultaneously like ha having to learn how to read and how to like make these shapes um, on the guitar. And it was a classical like nylon string guitar. Um, and if you guys haven't played those before too, the, the necks are really, really thick. Um, it's almost like, it's probably thicker than a, a bass neck. That's what I tried to learn to play on. Yeah, and it's, that's not easy. You have to, you're, you're stretching really hard. Um, but that was my first experience. 
with it too. So that that kind of turned me off uh, right away as well. And so I, even when I first like felt an electric guitar, I thought, wow, this is so much easier to like. Why didn't anyone show me this? But I didn't really have anyone uh, around me at that point to like kind of point me in the right direction with things. Uh, so I had to do a lot of kind of figuring that out. It took me a solid year before I uh, really got interested and in, in would like be self-motivated enough to sit down and practice too. Uh, but then after a few years of learning enough uh, kind of music theory about how the guitar works and then uh, learning the no names, uh, the note names on the neck and the chord shapes. I'd start, uh, when I started playing at the church with uh, uh, my friends, they were this uh, older couple, they would, would lead worship at church and then go and take all the kids from the church and do the children's ministry. So they would do both. It was, it was like a pretty small church. Uh, so it was just me, a guitar, uh, the worship leader who played guitar and a cajon. And so I would just play, uh, it was a Spanish church as well, so half the songs were English, half the songs were Spanish. And then uh, we didn't always have chord charts for every song. And so a lot of the times I would just go along by watching his hands and I would know like he's playing a G chord I'll play just the root note of that, of the, the G. And so that's how a lot of our songs would go, you know, G, C, D. Uh, and I would just follow along with the, with the root notes for that. And I, I always uh, thought uh, it was almost like taking a step back because on guitar I could play it all over the place. Um, but then coming to bass, I didn't know how um, how it all worked together and the harmony behind it that you can create uh, by playing in inversions and stuff like that. Uh, and so I wanted to get get to that point and learn more. Uh, and so when I started uh, taking a few bass lessons from people, that would usually be my question to them: would be towards uh, you know how do I how do you do fills? And how do you like, um, you know, create these different sounds or like play things that um, aren't written on the page? You know, because usually chord charts are, um, you know, just the roots or the just the chord names too, and they don't tell you a whole lot about, um, you know, the other things. Like if a piece of music's written out, and even if you listen to a recording of the song and follow along on the chart, you'll hear that. Um, Usually the bass is playing more than what's just written there on the on the chart, and so I'd start to learn a lot of uh, those different kinds of techniques and uh, different riffs from people, and then uh, they started to learn more uh, piano and learn about more of the theory behind inversions and what uh, what those are like putting different notes out of a chord. Like if it, you have a G uh, major chord instead of put, having your G in the bass, putting the the B in the bass over that. 
it creates this different kind of tension. And since those um, those chords are usually named off of the, or they're based off the lowest note that's being played, since I'm usually in that lower register, I can kind of manipulate the uh, the whole tone and sound of the the chord and the music that's happening too. And so I started doing a lot more of that, and then. Um, usually it would end up in this tendency to uh, overplay a lot because uh, I keep tr wanting to try out these new things that I was learning uh, but if you keep playing inversions or different riffs and stuff over a song that's pretty simple you kind of lose your um, your sense of direction with the song after a while and so even listening to um, uh, some of the worship albums. Have you, have you guys listened to the Bethel album? Um, I think it's Have It All. It's one of their, um, probably not their latest release, but uh, I think it was a few years ago. But that came out, and I was listening to all the songs, and I would, uh, and I would just wait for the bass player to like do something, uh, do a fill, or do something like other than the root note, and it almost never happens. I was like very rare uh, or yeah the moments are really sparse on the album where the bass is really doing a whole lot and if it is it's maybe doing uh, an inversion of something but it's later like in the last verse of the song or something like that it kind of saves it towards the end and so that's something I'm uh, kind of trying to work on and uh, just going back to being able to uh, know all the stuff that I can do to make the song more interesting, but then being comfortable and confident enough to just know when the when the root is the really the right thing to play to for the song. Um, uh, I've heard it said before, a place where you know the song is king, too, and so that uh, oftentimes what's written on the page too is what. Um, what the songwriter intended, you know, for that song to sound like, and so sometimes it's just best to be um, supportive of of the song in that way. Uh, but yeah, uh, so one of the other things I wanted to talk about a little bit was just um, practice kind of methods, and that uh, I don't know if some of you guys. How many of you were playing? Uh, maybe wanted to learn more technical side of playing the bass, like how to, like, what notes to play or different techniques, um, or things like that. Because uh, I know we're going to touch on a lot more kind of technical aspects, um, or like rhythm and timing kind of stuff in the drum and bass um, workshop after this. So I was kind of trying to steer around that stuff so I don't know if that's a question you guys weren't planning on going to that one but have questions about that now um, you can totally bring those up too but I um, just wanted to talk about some of the practice methods and um, some of those other building blocks as well um, I'd say how many guys have a, like a practice time carved out in your week each month or each each week 
not not much time. Yeah. yeah, to practice base. Would would you say like it maybe an hour a day or like more or less? Maybe an hour a day. I'm on the worship team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, yes. The uh, the practice time is one of those kind of essential uh, places where it's like you're not really going to get better uh, at anything without the practice with it. But then also um, just just a certain way of going about practicing and learning. Uh, to I think one of the uh, <laughs> thanks. You're getting loud over there. Uh, uh, one of the biggest things, too, is uh, even what you guys are doing today, like coming to a, a workshop and uh, doing this. Uh, yeah, I wrote all this stuff down in a, in a description of the workshop that uh, that didn't actually get put in the, in the bulletin, but one of them is just... Uh, Overcoming like some of the plateaus that you reach as a music as a musician, as well, and just uh, finding like after a number of years, like when I first started, uh, it it was a lot easier to find a lot of people that uh, knew how to play bass. Or like I would go to conferences too. And I've I've been to a lot of worship conferences and, and workshops like this where uh, I would get to learn from other people that were, you know, really good, and that after the last couple of years that I've been playing more, um, and now doing a lot more workshops, there, uh, I feel like I've kind of almost plateaued as a, as a player, because I'm not always hearing from, like, other people, um, about their tips and, like, techniques and how they practice and everything like that, so, uh, I have to work like a lot harder at you know, going and uh, re researching on the deep you know, parts of the internet, just find and try to find you know more stuff that I can learn and digest um, and start applying. So thankfully, there's a lot of cool uh, stuff on the internet. A lot of cool different uh, programs that have come up in the last few years of like online based courses or interactive. Uh, courses and even a lot of guys are doing Skype lessons now too because it's uh, you, know, you can like pay for them online as well and so there's a lot of cool uh, resources out there but one of the hard things is finding uh, the ones where you can get feedback as well so uh, and I don't know where each of you guys are at and I'm saying like you will uh, a couple of you guys want, wanted to start playing bass too, and uh, I know you both play bass already. Uh, but one of the biggest things is just find, finding someone like a teacher that you can ask questions to. And, uh, so I try to do that sometimes with. Uh, I'm not the only bass player at our church. There's like some other people around, and there's uh, a couple of older guys that uh, one. One guy that would play on uh, a lot of the Calvary Chapel, like um, I forget was Maranatha music albums in the like 80s and 90s. He still go, goes to our church and uh, 
and plays bass occasionally um, there too, but um, even though it's not like formal you know, teaching or anything, I try to go up to him whenever I see him and ask him if there's anything you know, that he sees that I can improve on too, um, or if he has any suggestions or like things that he practices you know, to get better at stuff. And so it's, kind of a, it's a, always a humbling experience for me too, because uh, even just seeing him out there, like knowing that he's there watching me and I, you know, like, uh, what a great bass player he is too. And I think like, you know, why am I up here doing this? Like, uh, well, like he, he's so good, he's sitting right there. Uh, but it's cool, it's just, it's the opportunity that has the Lord's you know, given me at this time. But, uh, that's one of the big things uh, is uh, finding someone that has like answers to the questions that you have or can is able to watch you play and, and be able to pinpoint specific areas where um, you need development. And if that's not like readily available, I'd say one of the big things too is um, like recording yourself. Have, have any of you guys like recorded yourself playing or s singing anything too? When, when you sing to pra practice? Um, no, not really? Not so much. Usually it's using the recordings from the group. Yeah. Singing along with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, doing, um, like recording yourself as, as you're just practicing, too, if, if you're playing along to a metronome or uh, a lot of times you can, like, import... Uh, a track like that to um, if you're practicing along too but if you're recording yourself as well that gives you um, sort of an outside objective view of how you're doing so when you're actually in the in the moment playing you can think that it's sounding really good because everything's kind of happening uh, so fast as you're doing it but then you can go back and listen to the recording and and see like oh that didn't go as well as I thought it did like there's a lot of tweaks that um, that I need to make, and it kind of happens with uh, uh, it happens for me a lot every time I every time I speak or do something like like this where I know it's being recorded. Too is I listen. Um, normally, I feel like when I'm talking or doing anything, like I feel like I sound really excited <laughs> about stuff, and then I listen back to it, and I feel like wow, this is like the most boring thing I've <laughs> ever listened to before um, so thank you guys for sit <laughs> you chose to sit through um, and subject yourselves to this for a while um, but it's one of those things where if I listen back to it then I have something I can say well that's a, a weak spot for me and it gives me something to work towards whereas if you're just practicing um without anything like that then you're, you're not necessarily being able to see those places where you know you might need some work or it just helps when when you don't have a teacher necessarily right readily available it's a way to kind of give yourself feedback on how you're doing because the recordings and the metronome are really honest with you about how uh, how you're doing with your with your timing and or uh, sense of melody too so uh, that's another that's one of the building blocks that was uh, 
you know, just recording yourself and then um, just practice techniques and things too. One of the things is um, focusing on kind of on your weaknesses too. When whenever you go to practice, how, how many guys? When you go to practice, you tend to start or just practice stuff that you kind of already know or have done before. Too. Yeah, with scales or if you know if you learn a scale, the tendency is to go back and just play through that scale again, like. Uh, major scale the first time uh, that was actually the only scale I knew how to play for years because I, I knew there was you know these five different uh, scales or, or you know seven different ones if you're doing the, the modes uh, but I it was seemed like a lot of information to learn and so I, I would just learn the first scale and uh, that's I got comfortable with it, just playing it back and forth. But then every time I went to practice, that's the only thing I would go to. Uh, and so I, for years, like I never learned any more than that until I got asked to teach um, uh, the regular like weekly labs at the school um, school of worship. And so I'd been playing like bass for uh, for a number of years already on the worship team. But I had no idea what all the, uh, the different scales and things were, which kind of also goes to show that you don't really need to know scales and <laughs> and things like that to be able to play like um, on your worship team as well. And the scales, honestly, uh, don't be intimidated too if you don't know them. All like with um, and once you learn them, the they're just patterns that you can play in different places. Um, it's just a pattern to learn. And then once you know that pattern, you can move it to another note. So if, if you're starting in G and playing the scale, that's your G major scale. If you do that same pattern and you move it to another note name on the neck, you have C major scale. So it's the same exact finger position. My fingers are doing the same thing in in both places, but it's just changing where I'm playing on the neck, and it changes the kind of scale that it is. Uh, so once I once I realize that um, that there's only five like patterns to learn, and then once you learn those you can just move them around the neck and you can play in you know, any different key with those, so like the key of G. Every note that you would need to play in the key of G is in this position right here. And then every note that you would need to play in the key of C using the same pattern is all right in here. Uh, but no one ever explained it to me like that or told me that before, so I just never went and learned all the different scales that you could play uh, to that every every note in that major scale has a another scale that you can play or not really another scale, you're pretty much just starting the major scale from each different note 
so you're, you're just starting out on each different degree of the major scale. Um, but it wasn't until I had the pressure of um, having to teach this stuff, because this was like the material that was already written up for the, it was like the curriculum for the school. And so I had to learn it to be able to teach it. But once I did, it was, it was a really good motivator. And it really didn't take me very long um, to do it. I would just spend uh, yeah, about an hour a day for a few weeks. Uh, or it was actually for, for the summer. Uh, and learned all, all those different positions and was able to teach them like while coming up. Uh, you know, the following fall. And uh, that was a, a huge, like, kind of way for me to overcome a plateau was that kind of pressure put on me. Um, so I'd say that's another thing that can be really helpful is something that learn it so well that you can uh, articulate it or be able to teach it to someone else. So almost like trying to find... Uh, students or someone that you can to be able to pour into to them as well um, helps because that means you have to keep learning um, especially, especially for me where um, I'm not like a, a professional bass player necessarily like I still have a full-time job at home I don't play bass like um, all day every day um, just practicing at home and then playing up in bands and things like that, uh, I still have like a uh, nine to five job as well, and so finding like time for me to practice is pretty hard. But uh, yeah, I still try to do it, and, you know, squeeze it in as, uh, as often as I can too, because I keep I still want to get better at it. And if I'm uh, having to teach these different levels of like beginner and intermediate and advanced. Uh, kids that come in, into the school, yeah, I keep wanting to have stuff to offer them and, and develop, you know, the teaching skills too. But that takes a lot of practice as well, and so uh, I'm constantly trying to, you know, like figure out more stuff. I have that pressure on me like every week now to uh, to figure out how to explain this stuff, how to. Um, how to use scales and things like, uh, in a clear way to which it's been a slow process still it only happens once a week so there's uh, not much time to like um, actually practice it too during the day but uh, hopefully I'm getting better at that but yeah uh, uh, Um, so you guys have any questions so far? No. Um, have you guys kind of been familiar with like the major scale as well? As a vocalist. As a vocalist yeah. uh, on, on bass. Uh, so this is one, one of the first things I teach as well um, is, the, is the major scale because it's kind of the basis of a lot of the music that we kind of play, and so uh, the form there's a formula to it. It's a whole, whole half, whole, whole, whole half. So those are being the steps. So a whole step is 
just from one fret, skipping a fret to the next. So a whole step and then a half step is just from one fret to the next. So a half step, if the jaws theme. <laughs> so a whole step, um, whole step, whole step, half step. So two whole steps, half step. Another whole step, whole step, whole step, and a half step. So there, there I just went from the G in this lower octave to the higher G using the, that formula. But that works for wherever, um, you can start that on any note. So if I move it down here, so there's my F note and then do the, that major scale formula, whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, whole step, half step. Have the major scale scale again in F. Uh, now this also works for whatever string you're using too. You can start it here and play it all on one string. Uh, yeah, you can play that whole thing on every string too. There's another F note. That's just my octave. And I can start it again here. Full step, full step, half step, full step, full step, full step, half. And then, uh, so uh, what I also do then is, uh, have you guys heard of the natural number system as well? Yes. Sort of, yeah. Uh, so where they give each note uh, out of that scale. Uh, so each note from that scale has a corresponding chord. And so you kind of refer to it as the chord family too. So that's, uh, if we play it, G, so G would be the name of the family uh, or the key that we're in. So if I play that scale, I'll play the roots down here with my lowest uh, as my lowest note, but then I'll play sort of the rest of the chord up higher, and you can kind of hear the way it fits together. So G would be at my one. As A minor would be the two. So this, you'll still see the whole, whole, half, whole, 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 half um, position as I'm going through this. So three, you're just walking up the, alpha, the alphabet too. So G, A, B minor is the third note. C major is the fourth, so that's a half step difference. D major, a uh, whole step. E minor is a six. F would be diminished, and then back to the root of G. Alright, so that, that's just playing the major scale. Alright, uh, the roots of those. But then each of those have a number as well. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven root. Uh, and so then what I'll do, which be handy up there. I didn't bring chord charts and things necessarily. Uh, with me, uh, let's say uh, if we had a familiar song like. Uh, 
Maybe it'll take the song, uh, song in G. Um, we could say like mighty to save or something like that. So it starts on the fourth um, degree of the major scale. So if we're playing in G, it'd be four. Instead of doing it all in one string, going down and crossing the strings. So whole step, whole step. And then instead of playing C here, we have the C right under the root. So four, five, six, seven, and then the root. Alright. Um, so, uh, yep, so each of those. That's the formula for the scale, and then each of those has a number as well that we can assign them. Uh, and then it's easy once you, maybe not easy, but once you learn kind of that pattern, you kind of start to see the box shapes that it's in. So it's different from like, like a keyboard. Uh, if you play just all the white, note, white keys up and down, you're in the key of C. There's no sharps or flat notes. And so that would be like playing that scale there would be like playing all those uh, white notes on the keys. But if you move, start on a different note and play like the key of, of G, you play most of the white notes, but then it has one black key in it. Uh, and so you have to change your your kind of finger positioning in the uh, in your scale that you're playing for each of those different keys they're going to start incorporating different black keys into it and so you have to know all these different patterns like like that on the bass you don't have that you have uh, all these frets that make a nice like box kind of shape and so once you know that pattern in that one key you can move that around to all your different keys so I can move it here to C. Right, that's the same exact pattern. Now I'm playing C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. Right, uh, and playing in the key of C. I can move it down here to G. G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. F sharp. Alright, so I'm playing different keys but I'm using the same uh, same pattern. And so once you um, start to see that shape come together, 
start to put that on the, if you had a chart in front of you that had that C to G to E minor to a D major, it, it would be that pattern and you can assign each of those numbers on the, on the chart at 4, 1, Right, and so a four, one, six, five in the key of G has that pattern. Four, one, six, five in the key of C. My four, my roots right below it. So that's always going to be the case, right there. Six, five. Can you guys kind of see how my my hands kind of moving in the same? same pattern, the same shape um, for all of those scales in different positions. Yeah, I can move it down here. Four, one, six, five. Six, five. And so now I'm playing in the key of F. So this is an F um, as my root. songs that we play are just made up of these uh, different chord progressions, these kind of uh, sort of simple patterns that repeat themselves through the song. So that's like the verse part of that song, My Day to Save. And then the chorus repeats this uh, root. pattern going over over and over again um, and so most of the time that helps me a lot when um, you know we play so many different worship songs um, regularly um, you know we're kind of always incorporating new new songs in and so it's uh, I try to have the song like memorized uh, by maybe the third time that we play it and not uh, not try to use a chart anymore after that uh, but it's it's hard to do unless I put it into this kind of pattern where I figure out you know the key that it's in I kind of have these shapes that my hand tends tends to just find um, with all of those songs so uh, instead of ha having to read all these separate notes on a page I'm putting them into these these patterns on the neck So it's, it's just kind of like a memory filing system that I try to put things into to help me kind of simplify them uh, for myself. So is that kind of making making sense to you? Yeah. Do um, you guys have any questions about that either? So that, um, if you guys want to look that up too outside of here, too, that's just the Nashville number system as well, or just the, uh, your major scale, too. And so there's different things like major, and you'll see chords, and minor, uh, or tr 
charts that are written in a minor key. And so the uh, minors and majors have relative, um, they're called relative keys. So if you see a, a key that's like um, written E minor, minor is kind of the key center and it's a very like uh, you can usually tell the difference if it's like a darker kind of song or more more dramatic maybe sounding uh, with that minor key center but all of your notes uh, are the exact same as the relative major key which would be the key of G they have the same uh, we call the key signature. So the key of G has one F sharp in it. So G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, G. And then the key of E minor has the same same notes, just one F sharp. So E, F sharp, G, A, B, C, D, E. Alright, so in, uh, I always try to find like Kind of the shortest way possible to getting uh, to getting that down because if you have to remember like every major key signature and all the notes that are in the major keys and all the notes that are in the minor keys, that's just a that's a lot of information to remember. But if you can kind of consolidate all of that stuff where, wherever possible, uh, and just remembering, I, I usually just go off the major. Uh, my relative major chords. So if I see chords that are, see charts that are written in minor keys, I'll fig try to figure out the relative major for that key. And so I, I mainly just have my m major keys uh, memorized, which that takes some work to memorize all your major keys, but it's a lot less than having to do both your major keys and, and your minor keys as well. So uh, the way you would do that is just uh, your minor chord is always this the sixth sixth degree of your major scale. So in that one, uh, E minor. So I have G is one, two, three, four, five, six. So the sixth note in the key of G, it would be also my relative minor. Those have all the same notes in them. Uh, but they can be called in the key of G major or the key of E minor. Uh, cool. Does that, uh, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Uh, I know we're kind of running a little over time now. Uh, I think we have a few minutes before the next workshop but do you guys have any questions about any of that stuff or other stuff uh, I did uh, some music theory in high school circle fest and all that stuff yeah exactly cool um, yeah that was another one kind of like all the different scales that I, I knew about it for a long time and um, but I always strayed away from like the the keys with the flats in them and stuff and um, 
never really learned all the patterns until even just this last summer taking taking a class. Yeah, and I, I never realized that there was the, uh, the relative key, like the minor. I didn't, you know, I was always taught like, you know, the minor is just the whatever, whatever the progression is. You know, that's the progression for the minor. I didn't realize that there was yeah. Key and the, um, the yeah, those are the relative keys, and so um, you usually don't see it too often written in like worship songs where you have like minor keys. Um, they're usually written in major, but sometimes when uh, when the chord, like the first chord of the song, is is a minor chord, sometimes we'll just put that as the as the key, as the key signature. Um, yeah. It the, but if you just figure out your relative major key, which would be the six, um, uh, the whatever minor uh, chord that is, it would be the sixth degree of your major chord, and so that's how I, I try to figure figure it out and just play off knowing the major chord uh, or major key, the notes from that key. It kind of helps helps to simplify. Uh, so you just start the six and then just kind of cycle backwards. Yeah, you you kind of work your way backwards yeah. from it. If you're if you're in the minor, then just going back. Yeah. You know, it's my six, five, four, three, two, one. So that'd be my major key. Um, yeah, and then the and then the number system I use a lot for transposing. So a lot of times now we have use iPads for our charts and uh, OnSong app. I don't know if you guys use that much, but there's a transpose tool in it where you can just swipe the, the bar and it puts the song into whatever key you want it to be in. But that takes out all the like hard work and you know, thought process behind it that um, you know, instead of when I was, you know, learning it too, like, I had to write on paper if someone said, like, oh, here's the chart in, uh, in G, but we're going to play it in E. I'm like, well, great. <laughs> I have to, like, um, do that. And it's like, there's, any, there's a number of ways to go about it, but with the numbers, if you know each of the, where that, um, each of those chords lie in that key, as far as their numbers go, um, you know, if you have a, a six, four, one, five chord progression in that E, C, G, and D, you can number those six, five, or six, four, one, five in G, and then take it to whatever key you're going into. So, if, say, like I said, going from G to E, so your new. Um, six chord would be you, you just go up the alphabet from E, just you know E F G A B C sharp um, minor. That would be your new six chord. So you do that six four would be a E would be your one and five is B. And so the number system just made it a really easy way for me to. Be able to transpose uh, my charts, and then after a while of just charting that out, you're just able to can't do it in your head and not have to write it out on paper. And so, uh, 
you're doing it that way, and, and then also just you get familiar with the the patterns of the do with through playing the scale, and so a lot of times now um, I'll still. Have, you guys know who Dan, Danny Donnelly is? No, he he is, um, used to be the worship leader at Calvary um, Metro. Or, uh, Calvary Metro or Metro Calvary. It's in um, Roseville. There. Um, and now he's a him, uh, back in LA. He's a an incredible guitar player. Um, he's always been like one of my favorite worship leaders to listen to growing up. Um, but then every once in a while, I'll have him lead worship at the church, and so I'll, I'll play with him. And uh, it's like half the set list will be. Yeah, he'll hand it to me a, a chart for it. But I'll say we're playing it in another key, and there's like, tw- you know, 20 minutes before we're gonna play. I don't have, and we're sound checking and everything. I don't have time to write it all out. But um, since I've had all the practice of doing it, I just uh, I do it in my head, and um, sometimes it's still like imperfect. <laughs> sometimes when you're when you're reading a chart and trying to think like okay that's not a B note that I need to play there it's a uh, what I'm seeing but I need to play something different that can be challenging still but you just have to uh, work on thinking ahead and being able to read ahead of the chart being able to play one thing too but also thinking ahead in time so yep uh, cool so I know I think I have to get over there in five minutes. But um, thank you guys for for coming. Hopefully that was helpful.